0: So episode 99, Kev.
1: Episode 99.
0: Here it is. <sighs> Do you feel like uh building pressure for episode 100?
1: Um I would like to say yes, but no. I think it's uh I think it was always expected to get here. That's yeah. what I want to say.
0: I I would agree. I would agree. I there's a little part of me that didn't really think we'd get here. So I'm really excited that we did.
1: Yeah, no. It's there was a couple times where I was like, "You know what?" maybe i'll just step away. it was like once or twice i'm like no, but you know what? i'll enjoy doing it. i enjoy i enjoy spending time with you and uh yeah, i'm excited that we're here. hopefully we get another hundred under our belt before we know it.
0: fuck yeah. Yeah, i i'm i'm very excited. i'm very excited to talk about this album.
1: Yeah, i know. i was uh i am too actually. i didn't know if i was going to be, but i am. so Yeah. Hey everyone and <laughs> welcome to Off the Beaten Clef.
0: I'm not even going to hit pause. You <laughs> ready for this shit? Yeah, let's go. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Off the Beaten Clef. This week, we are doing Forget and Not Slow Down from Reliant K from 2009. Yeah, buddy. So let's get into it. <laughs> All right, everyone, we're here. We're doing Forget and Not Slow Down by Reliant K from 2009. Uh, Kev, I'm going to get into your opening thoughts here in a second. I uh, just wanted to kind of give some facts, I, I guess. Uh, I thought a lot more people knew Reliant K than, than they did. Like, did you know anything about Reliant K before I gave you this
1: album? I knew nothing about him. I had maybe heard the name once or twice, probably from you. Um, but other than that, no, I knew nothing about him.
0: Uh, Reliant K was like a, a pretty Christian band and uh, they're from uh, Canton, Ohio. They originally spelled their band name uh, Reliant K with an A, but since that's the name of a car and they named their band F car, they had to change it with a, a Reliant with an E. Uh, that's one of the interesting things that I found. And this is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This is their seventh studio album in 2009, and it was one uh, that was kind of out of left field. They'd always been kind of vaguely Christian, so to get yeah. kind of a, a theme album that is more about relationships, I remember there was a whole big hubbub, and obviously this is 2000 t- 2009. Times were a little different. I kind of ran in different circles, but I remember people being up in arms, like, what the hell, Reliant K isn't Christian anymore, or what the heck? And, uh, yeah. that never really, what the, sh- what the, Hey, what in tarnation? Uh, <laughs> but I remember really being excited for new Reliant K and, um, I'm going to get into my opening thoughts here in a little bit, but it was, it kind of came at the perfect time for me. So, uh, I was just turned 17 when this album came out and yeah, I love it a lot. So I, I want to hear your opening thoughts, Kev.
1: Uh, so yeah, so I like I previously said I didn't really know anything about this band coming into it. Uh, I know my brother on the Discord was like, "Aren't they a Christian band?" And I I didn't really catch any of that on my first couple listens to it. Um, so I was like, "Oh, that's weird." I, I, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, what I did know was that this album was incredibly important to you because you told me the story about it as you presented it to me, like almost as like a, uh, as like a seatbelt for yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Like, here's why I'm picking this album. (laughs) Um, But no, it's, it's really good. And I think uh, if we had done this, like as episode like five or something, I probably wouldn't have liked it as much. I I think I've grown over the last 98 episodes uh, to kind of be more accepting of stuff that I didn't necessarily like listening to in the past. Um, so I came in with like fully opened eyes, and it was a it was a nice surprise. like is it my favorite album ever? no, uh, but there is a whole lot to love about this album, especially towards the back end where I really started to love it um so yeah i was I was pleasantly surprised by this album um because I have a pretty sketchy past with uh handling your your special music
0: I, yeah, and to be honest, like I give you a really hard time about the jacks mannequin um look- looking <laughs> back and listening back. Like, you weren't really that harsh. You just didn't like it. And, you know, I I think I tried to preface it this time. Like, hey, even if you don't like it, this is so important to me. So just humor me. And we kind of had, like, one extra week. And this is around the time that the album came out. I think it came out October 5th. So synonymously, like, my mind goes to, like, this is when I should be listening to this album. and. I think there, I wanted to put therapy on my um, bonfire playlist. And I was like, ah, I don't know. It doesn't really fit the vibe, but I still want to talk about it. And so that's kind of how we got here with the album. Um, yeah, it's, I, I think you kind of touched on it. I, this album is so important to me because it came out right around when I was going through my first breakup in high school. And so to get something like this that is just like a mantra and, somewhat it has its ups and downs but generally it's like a great outlook on a breakup and it taught me a lot because everyone knows i'm emo sad boy dill i love love my sad music but when it comes down to it when you go through a breakup and you're actually having those feelings you don't want something so negative and so like visceral and like like you don't want to be that down you want something that's reassuring and i think this album is really reassuring and also, I don't know, I I think it's it's great and uplifting, but also like it shares those same feelings that you can have during a breakup. And it's one that gets spun every time I go through a breakup. You know, you put it on, you're like, yep, here we go. Start right from track one, forget and not slow down. And it takes you for a ride, man. Yeah, How's that make Zoe feel? <laughs> I, I told her today, I was like, this album gets put on every fall and every time I go through a breakup.
1: And I was like, I don't
0: think I'm gonna go through a breakup again, so I now it's just gonna be my October album.
1: There we go. There you go. Gotta 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 update the reasons there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I mean, even as recently as a couple years ago, it it's still found a way to like be uh, I don't know, relevant. And uh, let yeah. me ask you this. When do you go through breakups? Because I feel like I go through breakups in the same time of year every year. Or every like every time I go through a breakup, it's the same time of year.
1: I don't know, man. It's, it probably usually is probably in fall. I like, I mean, I, if I had to really think about it, like even going back to high school, like, uh, yeah, no, yeah, it's probably about this time. Yeah. I, I never I, really I, I, kept track. I never really used music to get over it. I was just always like, so I don't really have anything to like link it to like you do. Yeah. Um, it's just like, oh, well onto the next i guess (laughs) yeah (laughs) or i'm gonna be single for another seven years again let's go (laughs) let me put on gore's fuck this place yeah yeah exactly uh yeah let's let's see what's popping in the porn world again (laughs) what what new trend am i missing out on
0: Uh, yeah that's pretty good um i don't know you want to just get into track one
1: yeah let's do it man
0: okay um, actually, before we get into track one, I want to say this inspired you to come up with an idea all on your own to listen to, to emo music maybe in January.
1: Yeah. So I came up with the, uh, thought like, you know, I've, as I've been like opening my eyes to shit, I just summarily ignored over the past 20 years. Like I should probably do like an emo deep dive, see if I actually hate it or if it's if it didn't give it enough credit to begin with and i'm i'm leaning towards the latter there. Um so we are formulating ideas for J to January kind of in place of our Beetlemania January from last year. Um kind of doing themed months i think at the beginning of the year it's going to be kind of thing going forward so you know something in January metal uh feminist February metal March and then we'll figure it out from there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and we're not trying to, like, get too far ahead, but also I think it is kind of exciting because after we did our GWAR, it felt like I got to, like, it was kind of like I got to know Kevin through the years of GWAR, so to kind of do that opposite would be fun.
1: Yeah, I think so, too.
0: Um, So, yeah, now let's get into track one, forget and not slow down. I'm going to let
1: you start. Uh, Yeah, so um, second one not my immediately my favorite open just feel felt kind of basic but it turns very quickly into like this high energy like pop punk jam um and it sounds very much of its era so a lot of the i'm going to say the same thing for a lot of the like maybe first 6 or 7 songs on this album where they sound very much like they came from 2009 and they were playing on like an alt rock radio station which is not a bad thing um it's not that's not a dirty thing to say it's just that's what they sound like i mean Putting it in context that's the kind of music like sonic thing you'd expect to hear from a band that had been you know heavily christian up to this point um they're gonna they're gonna know how to do safe music really well and again that doesn't make it bad it was just something that i expected you know this is exactly what i expected coming into it knowing what little i didn't knew about the band um but this would also fit really well into a lot of like the teen movies that were coming out around this time like um Instead of Scotty doesn't know this, you know, this could have easily played, you know, it's, 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 it it just had that image again in my head of like those slow panning shots at a party and then the zoom in on the character's faces as he realizes somebody's cheating on him or something like that. And this, it really got like this visceral image and anytime a song can either transport me to a place in time or give me a head cannon, that means it's good in my book. Um, because it makes me at least feel something, you know what I mean? Or it makes me, it transports me. And that's what I think good music does is it, it, it allows you to feel something outside of just uh, notes on a piece of paper.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's a cool song because it, it does kind of have that feel of like when you first, I feel like this happened a lot in like the early 2000s, like movies where it was like a coming of age, the guy's girlfriend had cheated on him, and so he goes on a trip with his his bros and he finds out over time that his girl is actually not even good for him. Uh yeah, this would be a good song as they're like road tripping. Um yeah. it's, it's it's a I think it's a good album opener because it's up up tempo. It says the album title very quickly. Um and it's an it's an indication of uh sonically what we're gonna get from this album. The drums are pounding, and I really think this is the this is a new drummer for reliant k on this album and i don't think he made maybe one or two more albums after this if that but um yeah the the drummer that came in just like he was pounding and like perfectly synchronizing with words like but good what good would it if do, do 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 da 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 da, da, yeah. da, da and like those kind of moments really make the the album like flow and i i think i was so nervous to show you this album because a i love how it's constructed b the 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 material was really important but also like after you didn't like Jack's mannequin i didn't know how you were going to feel about like piano rock you know and i, I love think, it i think the his piano fucking rocks and I, I watched a couple youtube videos on how he did it and it wasn't, he played on like a true piano and not like on a computer piano because he wanted yeah. it to sound organic. And I think it does a really good job. The pianos rock, the guitars are just what you would expect from Lion K, and it's it's exactly what you need. And uh, I feel like this song is track one on the album because it's how you feel initially during a breakup. Once you get like the first couple days of sadness, you kind of get this like high, and it doesn't yeah. last. but it's like you haven't confronted all the deep feelings and you're telling yourself like, everything's great. I got a new lease on life. The world is endless. I can do whatever. There's nothing holding me back. And it's fun and positive, even if it's a little short sighted. So I think it is kind of like telling a story through a breakup. And this being the first one makes sense to me.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's very, it's not very much, but it's almost like a a concept album in it's construction. It's like, it's almost like the 12 stages of grief um, in a 15 song form and really 11 songs because there's four little interludes. But um, yeah, no, I, I really appreciated the construction of this album. Like I said, in my notes too, especially towards the back half, the back half of this album is genius in my opinion. Um, <laughs> excuse me. And, and to your point about the drummer. Yeah. I think they're standout. This drums are a standout in almost every track on this album. Um they're just so clear and crisp and i think it just becomes from you only get that when somebody's really just hammering on their set yeah um, like dave silvera from corn like comes to mind like he he played with like fucking tree trunks and the drums are always really stand out those tracks or you know uh Keith moon or something like that like, there there are drummers that just play really heavy and they're regarded as some of the best drummers ever because of that heavy playing and but you know it has to have some clarity too and i you, you get really good like drum clarity in all of these tracks so um yeah i wanted to call that out too
0: yeah it the drummer was ethan luck um he is multi-instrumentalist uh played in several bands most prominently the ska band the oc supertones uh that makes sense. demon hunter Kings of Leon, Morgan Wade, and pop-punk band Reliant K. He's played on albums for Cutlass, Roper, Nikki Clan, and Last Tuesday. So there you go. There's a
1: there's a lot of kind of ska-y parts of this, this album, so that makes a lot of sense to me. Yes.
0: that I think um ah f- oh, shit, I can't remember. They have a whole couple songs on one of their albums where they uh, Five Iron Frenzy is like their big influence, so yeah. Um yeah, track two, I don't need a soul. This song is the feeling you have kind of maybe a few days after forget and not slow down, you're still shook up, but you can think a little bit more clear. And I think it's not as up tempo on purpose because maybe that sadness is creeping in a little bit, but you're like trying to tell yourself like, I'm okay. I don't need a soul. Um and this is one of the I'm gonna talk about a lot of lyrics throughout this album. Uh, Without you, I'm still whole. You and life remain beautiful. Uh, That sentiment alone changed my life. Just because, like, you listen to however many songs out in the universe. There's not many songs that are like, hey, it's okay that we broke up. You know, like, it's never that um, carefully put or, like, that you always are, like, trying to blame someone or, like, be like, I was the asshole or playing the victim. Like, just saying, like you and life are still beautiful is just such a such a powerful thing i think
1: yeah you don't you are right you don't get that very often i was thinking about that the other day literally yesterday as i was because we got our 100th episode coming up so dill went through and did the laborious work of adding all 50 albums and eps we've done in, into a playlist and last goodbye by jeff buckley came up and that that too is also one of those songs where it's like it's a breakup song but it's like they're both kind of okay with it um and you don't get that a whole lot it's like they knew it was over but it's like this is our last goodbye you know and it's they were just kind of okay with letting it kind of wither away and you don't get that a whole lot so to hear that again here um it's super interesting i I like when bands don't just like or a songwriter doesn't just like do the the easiest thing which is just be like fuck that bitch or fuck that dude You know, it's, it's a lot easier to be, or it's a lot harder to be just kind of real about it. And, um, you know, it's, it's much harder to write a kind of, it's, it's easier to write a song about being angry than it is about just kind of being okay about something, you know? And
0: and being mature enough to say that, like, emo is not known for mincing words or, you know, like, so I grew up listening to emo and hearing something that says you and life remain beautiful just like it was like oh my god it changed my perspective about breakups like yeah. you don't have to like be down in the sadness and you don't have to be like completely over it like it can hurt and everyone can still be beautiful um, yeah i like that uh we get our first little daydream sounding sequence at 250 um the vocals distort for maybe 10 to 15 seconds and then we finish the song out and I think it's a really cool indication that he's almost drifting in and out of memories and past relationships and like maybe falling into a slumber. All of it is kind of eerie and cool. And this is the first time we get to hear it.
1: Yeah, no, I, uh, I really kind of dubbed a nice little piano open. Um, but it quickly, that quickly gives way to like your standard pop punk fare, right? It, it's, it quickly breaks away from the, the nice piano intro that kind of crescendos in. Um, but it's still cool to have. Like, it's not something I expected to hear necessarily in, in this album. So it was cool to have. It's Again, it still sounds very much of its era, which is okay. Um, but the, the way space is used in this song, and I've talked about it before, when you can use silence effectively, it's, it's really, really dope. And especially in the chorus, like with the palm mutes and the beat dropping out for like half a second and you get a couple like tom, like heavy Tom hits while he's singing. And then the crescendos that lead into nothing. I love that shit. It's, it's really, really clever. Um, and it's just an interesting way to kind of catch your ear. It could very easily be um, discordant and dissonant, uh, but it's not because I, I don't know why. It's just really clever songwriting. Um, and cleverness always wins me over because if it wasn't for that, this could, this could easily just kind of be another forgettable track, but it's, they do these, those clever little, like if you're starting to fade out, just switch. Like they're like, it's so fun to hear like a power vocal, just immediately turn into a whisper in the middle of a phrase. And it's just really, really fun songwriting. So I, I appreciated that um, from a Sonic perspective and, uh just a disclaimer i i spent a lot of time just talking about again i'm going back to not being being not the lyric guy <laughs> because one i knew you were going to do a lot of lyrics um but two i just really wanted to listen to the sound of this album that's how i always listen to new music anyway is i do i like the sound of it and then if i do then i'll go back and maybe try to figure out some of the lyrics but i'm always very much about the sound i'm very much about kind of letting a groove hit get in and uh just enjoying the the sound of music, uh, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, there there is a something that I I was uh, made aware of a few weeks ago, in um the lead singer of Less Than Jake. Every week he like breaks down an album, or just one song, and he'll go through it track or like line by line. And sometimes he'll have people on, and he had Reliant K or the lead singer of Reliant K, Matt Tyson on to talk about um be my escape which is their most famous song it's got a shit ton of listens on it i think 78 million on spotify and so he kind of broke down the song and it's kind of fun to listen to to matt talk because you know 2004 to 2009 that's a big leap but their album Mm -hmm, from 2004 was so huge and to hear him talk about how they construct songs he's like if I just wanted to make it fun. You know, like I get bored yeah. to writing songs. So like, I want to switch it up as much as possible. And I think looking back, like that's why I enjoyed Reliant K so much was just like, they always were trying to keep it fresh.
1: Yeah, it's risky to do stuff like that. You know, you, you could have, they could have very easily just played it by the book. Like I very much felt like the first, the first song, like it was just a by the book kind of like clean pop punk song which is fine but this i immediately i was like okay maybe they're they're gonna do some cool stuff in this album and um i was not disappointed um from this point on hell yeah so uh let's get into number three candlelight um <laughs> for some reason i could i when i said that i started thinking of uh what's that dave matthews song satellite or whatever <laughs> um anyway i fucking hate dave matthew's band and I'm, I'm pissed that that popped in my head anyway um so you don't hate him that beach. much no i hate dave matthew's band there's like three songs of theirs that i can tolerate um but yeah anyway uh get some beachy vibes leading us into track three and this is kind of where i started to notice some ska influence because for some reason i wanted to do the skank while i was listening to this It just there's something about it um that just feels like you should be doing a ska dance to it i don't i couldn't really i can't really put my finger on it um but yeah no it just feels like something you'd hear at like a a fun little beach bar even though it's a bit i feel like it's a bit sarcastic lyrically like i feel like there's some tongue-in-cheek here and i know they have an album called the anatomy of tongue-in-cheek or whatever it is. So. um that might it's probably something they're a fan of is doing, you know, tongue in cheek lyrics, um, and this is just something kind of just like bob your head back and forth to, like sonically at least. It's just it's it was a fun. I don't know. It feels like something you'd listen to like in Palm Beach, like drinking a mai tai with your parents. You know what I mean? There's a live band playing, and this is what they would be playing a song like this. So um, I really enjoyed it. It was just kind of a cool switch up, and again, something I didn't expect.
0: Yeah, I always thought of this song as like a, a reminiscing song, like a reminder of how good things were because it's kind of describing a date and like she's a lady and I'm the tramp, and I think they kind of try to like um, make it sound like a lady and the tramp kind of um, backdrop almost. Like I don't were they in Italy, France? Where where was Lady and the Tramp?
1: I don't fucking know. Italy? We'll say Italy because they're <laughs> eating Italian food, right? Yeah, um, yeah, there you go.
0: But yeah, it just reminds me of like a night out in Italy and maybe like a, a meat. This is like their meat cute story um, before things went awry. And um, I yeah, tongue in cheek lyrics could be just how you describe Reliant K. It's like piano, tongue in cheek lyrics, and pop punk drums. Um, but yeah, the wordplay here is insane. They'll begin to chew her entire attire into a phrase.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the part where I thought they were being kind of tongue-in-cheek with it, because it's like up until that point, they're just kind of describing how beautiful she is. And then uh, you can't see her through the moths, and then they'll chew her up and stuff. So it's almost like her, like, yeah, you're beautiful, but you're going to get destroyed by it or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. It if, just, if you that, hold a
0: candle that, to her, they'll the moths will chew her
1: entire attire into a phrase. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's
0: it, kind of jaded.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right about it being reminiscent, but it's also kind of... There's also that tinge of, like, yeah... A little
0: bit of jealousy, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Or, like, your your beauty ain't everything, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, moths are going to eat you up.
0: <laughs> Another lyric I, I really liked was, collecting stairs from Paris close by, then flutters in the butterfly. You're just a moth drawn to the lamp.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Very, very eloquently put. It's almost... Mm-hmm. Um, shakespearean at times um but yeah it's a pretty upbeat song that slowly drifts out and kind of seamlessly transitions into Flare, which is our track four and track four is just an uh an outro and i kind of like getting like the first full interlude track and it kind of plays on the whole daydreaming thing i was talking about earlier and it's almost like a twinkle as if like candlelight was a dream and we're unintentionally slowing down after we swore we wouldn't you know we said track 1 I'd rather forget and not slow down but here we are reminiscing and it's the song's only 59 seconds but it's really powerful
1: yeah i, I it's it's wild to have four interludes on this this album but i think every one of them is really well done because they either act as an intro or an outro to a song so it's almost it's almost kind of like reprisals, almost like little tiny reprisals of the song you're either about to listen to or you just listen to. Um, and I l- absolutely love like bleeding seamlessly into kind of a next track. I've always loved that technique as far as recording. Um, and it's almost like he stared too long at this candlelight and it became like a, a flashbang and it stunned him. That's kind of that's kind of the way I feel about this, the way the this is paced. It's just like, All of a sudden he realized he's like in a daze and like he's trying to come out of it and he's kind of like rocking back on his heels like just uh, I don't know it just just a real clever way to have an outro of a song but having it separated as a separate track uh, makes that shift in tone that much more. Uh, concrete it's just really really clever because it could have just been the end of the song and it might not have had as much impact but making it a separate track makes it that much more impactful i think it's just a really cool um production technique it's not even really the song itself it's because it is just an outro but it's just the production and the the thoughtfulness of album construction that i really enjoyed with this this track quite a bit
0: yeah i Honestly, in high school, I hated these outros and intros, but as I've gotten older, I've grown to love them. Just because it it makes the album flow so well. Because mm-hmm. as soon as you get out of Flair, when it's like so slow, and then you get that bass intro for for part of it, it just makes mm-hmm. it like it almost like rocks you back awake or something.
1: Yeah, no, I and I, again, we'll, we'll just hop right into it for for part of it, track five. Um, and I love a classic punk bass intro there's just something that just makes me smile whenever i hear just that standalone heavily distorted bass intro it's just i don't know it's a special holds a special place in my heart and you know we're a bass positive podcast so um that we got that going for us too um but yeah no this song is just okay for me i wanted something i for me like i wanted something new and this is kind of more of what we've had um it almost felt like a return to just kind of being a little safe. But I do love the line, on am the sack on the lawn of your heart. Like that shit fucking, it, that, like I said, I wasn't listening to lyrics, but that just fucking poof, smacked me right in the face. I couldn't help but hear it. I was like, hold on a second. Let me run that back. Did he just say that? And I'm like, yeah, that's fucking, that's a cool lyric, man, because I could just see you as a young high school kid like belting that line out specifically and uh it just made me smile um but yeah no i did this song like i said it was just okay for me sonically and it just it had me itching because i knew it was coming up and the back half of the album and i was perhaps that's just me having some bias like knowing that i love the back half of this album so much that so i'm a little bit harsher on this song but Again, that lyric is fucking killer. I love that shit.
0: This, this song has so many iconic lines, and that is yeah. definitely one of them. Uh, it's been forever since I've gone, but I'm the Cusack on the lawn of your heart. Yeah. Holy so f- fuck, man. Man, <laughs> it still gets me. Um, yeah, I, I think part of it is probably my 1A or 1B, depending on what day. Um, it and Savannah are definitely my two favorite songs on the album. And I think it's just because that bass intro and just, like, being able to yell the chorus. Uh, it's not the end of the world, just you and me. Like, that's an that's almost... That's on the same playing, playing field as, you know, you and life remain beautiful. Um, this song is kind of slowly admitting that, you know, things aren't as Gucci as we said they were. You know? Like, mm-hmm. we've been playing it cool. Then we started reminiscing a little bit. And now it's like, you know... Someone get the bass going. I I got to say some things, you know. That bass <laughs> that bass is clean mean and I kind of like getting back up tempo. Yeah. Um yeah, we get some great lines. Um If a nightmare ever does unfold, perspective is a lovely hand to hold. Dude, like come on, man. Like this song is just and lyrically it's just on another playing field and uh yeah. I I I, I I don't know if I'm gonna spend enough time talking about it because I love it so much. And but generally I, I love that we pull back the curtain here a little bit and remain positive. Like, damn, all this really sucks. It it sucks to finally admit like I'm not doing so well. I don't like this. It sucks. I I, I I'm still the Q sack on the lawn of your heart, but it's my problem and no one else's. Like it's not yeah. your fault. It's it's something I'm dealing with, you know. Yeah. If a nightmare ever unfolds, perspectives is a lovely hand to hold. Like hearing that at 17, woo, that was like, damn, I need to fucking clean it up, you know. I need to get off <laughs> I need to get off MySpace and Facebook and quit posting about my breakup. No one cares. I gotta deal with this myself.
1: Yeah, I need to quit posting this uh this song lyric to my AOL away message. <laughs> yeah.
0: No no more sad faces and saying don't text. Yeah. <laughs> I need silent prayers.
1: Oh God, what a cool era we grew up in, dude. <laughs> it really is cool. Um. Yeah. Uh,
0: so track number six is outro and we get another daydream outro. It's like one of those things that is being repeated like a mantra. Those positive things we've been telling ourselves. And we say it so many times it like helps us get to sleep. And that's kind of what the song feels like to me.
1: Yeah, no, I feel bad because you're gonna get all the like interludes. <laughs> They're all even numbers. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, I was like, oh, okay, is this kind this had a very kind of deaf tones feel to it initially, like with the very kind of distorted vocals and kind of very heavy slowness to it. Um and I really this is the point where I started to really dig the album construction just because this is our second intro or sorry, second outro. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just a great little interlude yeah i love it so yeah we get right back into track seven therapy like so yeah uh yeah it's another piano intro that doesn't immediately cede to to classic punk guitars and now we're cooking with gas because i love this shit i don't i know you said you were worried about how i liked it but you shouldn't have been because you should have figured that i i like kind of weird stuff stuff that doesn't quite quite fit the mold um and i was the whole time i was listening to this for my notes listen i was really trying to ignore reliant k is a christian band you know that that stigma but the um the last line of the chorus makes it hard to ignore it's like god is the only one that can listen or something like that i didn't write it down but i was like oh okay It, it made it hard for me to kind of listen to this like in any other way and then it just really started to sound churchy to me <laughs> and which i i hate because i think it's a good song um and i think it's a, i actually think it's a great song but it kind of ruined my connection to the message a bit um because the instrumentals uh, in this song especially when it's just drum and piano are fucking killer dude um and it's a good track but keep god out of my punk <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: i i kind of ignore it um, yeah it, it was I, just
1: really hard for me too because it's the first time I heard it you know what I mean
0: there, there is a line that says loneliness and solitude are two things not to get confused because I spend my solitude with you and yeah. I'm sure that's vaguely religious but I also say that like when I'm listening to this in my car and I got my dogs with me I just say it to Diesel <laughs>
1: yeah yeah. I mean Diesel, Diesel is basically your god so <laughs>
0: yeah um, I, I think this song could have been a bonfire song Or like a a drive alone at night song. I think that would be a a fun playlist is like, what songs do you want to listen to on a night drive when you're alone? Um, It's just a great fucking song when you need your solitude and your therapy is just going on like a drive or like a trip with only music and the clothes you woke up with. Like that is my ideal version of like, just like getting out of my head. And yeah, like you mentioned, the drums are pounding for like a piano driven song even the like, like he's like keeping a very quick beat for a piano driven song. Um, but it's almost like the pace of you driving down a back road, maybe like, I don't know, maybe you're hitting some pebbles and stuff. Like it almost feels that way. Um, but yeah, this is probably why I have such a loving relationship with night drives and alone. And even if it like gets a little religious at times, like That makes god the only one left here listening you can also interpret that as like no one's listening besides like just shouting it to the sky you know what i mean yeah
1: yeah and i think i probably would have thought that way if i didn't have that prior knowledge you know what i mean and then so i was trying like i said i was trying really hard to ignore anything that might have cropped up but it just i don't know having that knowledge made it really hard to ignore for me um but you know you're right if it if i didn't have that context that's exactly how i would have would have taken it was you know just you know lonely man house at the moon kind of thing
0: yeah i i love the 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 ending at the very end he's like this is my therapy yeah just having your head out the window and yelling that it's so cathartic and i think that's what the song was its intention more than it was like have i told you about the lord jesus christ lately
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's not super overt it's just the guy having his personal relationship with with god and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that yeah um track
0: eight over it this song is a denial song kev um you're not over it bro we're only at track eight it's very obvious we're only halfway through this album yeah we have so much left to learn uh maybe maybe you believe it maybe you're like a few months down the road and you're like you know what guess what guys i'm over it i'm finding out i'm just over it and everyone else is like you're not over it dude if you're telling us you're over it you're not over it um i i really like the line i'm guarded therefore i can endure just a little bit more just a little bit more than some people yeah. would yeah. um i think everyone can relate to that in some some uh fashion
1: yeah no that's line specifically reminded me of you because i know how you handle things especially when they get tough is that you never ever give up <laughs> even when you know it's already over you're just willing to cling to something for the potential that it gets better and i think um i think that was and it was a fun thing for me to hear especially knowing how pivotal this album was in your life and i feel like that kind of I don't I don't think it informed that personality trait in you, but it's certainly it's certainly struck a bell with you when you heard it. Oh, yeah. Um, Shit, and, you've
0: seen me with our friend
1: group. Yeah, dude. I, don't I, I hold know, that seen, together
0: with with Tweed.
1: Yeah, I've seen you. I've seen you through breakups. So it's like I know how it goes. So um, that's just it's just like a perfect Dylan line like you should have a t-shirt with that on it (laughs) (laughs) or that should be like if you have like a card at like a social event like have that quote like this is this describes me (laughs) there's nothing Um, wrong with
0: me i'm just i can endure just a little bit more
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but no this is like the first time i felt it wasn't like stuck in 2009 and that's that's i dig it um it's just a perfect spot for a palate cleanser too right in the middle of the album um and I love the little like fade out for the intro. It's just a, it's just a. Again, they do these these little shorties pretty well. So.
0: It almost sounds like a like a sleepy reprisal of Candlelight.
1: Yeah, yeah. Very I was much. listening it's,
0: to it today, and I was like, "Is that is that Candlelight? Maybe like super slowed down."
1: Yeah, yeah. Only- I can't. I did. I just. I can't get fucking Dave Matthews. My head <laughs> is that satellite? <laughs> <laughs> um
0: one more lyric before we move on i won't go slow and time can let the mind forget don't tell me you let go already that's like um that's heartbreaking for a guy mm-hmm. that's like i'm over it i'm over it and he's like don't tell me you let go already it's like mm-hmm. oh, man that sucks like maybe yeah. he saw his, his ex like moving on or something like on a date with someone but yeah
1: yeah yeah, it's 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 really easy to move on when you're both still single. But as soon as you know the other person starts really moving on, then it's like, oh fuck! Don't I guess tell it, me I guess you let it, go already. It, yeah, it sucks. We've all been there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So moving into track number nine, and I'll just say right off the bat, this is far and away my favorite track on the album. And you, I, I was like, hey, guess my favorite album or song on the album, and you just couldn't get it. Um, but i think once i told you you kind of you're like oh yeah that makes sense um but my first listen to this song um it literally made me look up from what i was doing like i was listening to this at work and i was like i was taking some notes or something and this i heard this guitar and i I literally looked up at my computer i'm like what is this the same album (laughs) like what the fuck is happening here and it just blew me away it blew me back in my seat and uh The guitar sound is just so different from everything i've heard so far and i was i was really vibing to it like i was like "Fuck yeah all right let's go let's go um the vocals are more angry too which is something i i really think i had been craving up to this point it's just punk needs edge and uh even though this isn't really uh like a punk song and more of like a muse-esque more muse adjacent kind of sound to it uh especially in the guitars um this this album needed some edge i think and i think we're finally starting to get a little bit angry which i i think we this album kind of sorely needed at this point uh and this so sahara came out came out sonically at the perfect time on this album for me and this is where i really my love affair with this album really started was with sahara and uh we even get like a little halftime breakdown like towards the end and i like just started fucking banging my head i'm like let's go like this is easily my favorite song on the album just sonically alone like it gets me there i didn't even fucking listen to lyrics because i didn't give a shit i was just i was just vibing out to it yeah and
0: i, I during that halftime breakdown we actually get a, a vocal feature um i don't know if you ever listened to the band under oath or the almost uh yeah. it's it's aaron gillespie the the clean singer and the drummer for under oath um yeah he throws a vocal feature in and i think he adds that little like um the little almost he like sings screams which i always loved in under oath so he gives that kind of emotion that maybe matt Teeson can't really get to um i really like the lyric i'm not alone i'll be all right just take these bones and bring them back to life and you get that and yeah. yeah the song fucking rocks and i think when i when you first told me it was your favorite i was like Really, this song never really made sense to me in this album. And I guess listening to it this week and thinking about it a little more critically for the podcast, I was like, you know what? This song is a perfect song for this album because it's the the, the mad song. It's like, yeah. Don't tell me you moved on already. And then the next song's like, you know what? I'm fucking mad about this. And so you're f- like you're going through all these emotions and you said the 12 stages of grief and I kind of agree. I've always felt that way about this it's like it's got a song for every mood you could possibly have in a breakup
1: yeah and yeah no it's just this is just more my wheelhouse too so i mean it just makes sense
0: yeah yeah it it picks up the pace um and it's just an angry song on an album that is mostly like it's okay (laughs) you know this one's like you know what? it's fucking not okay um yeah yeah. (laughs) but that's another emotion that comes with coping and the crunchy guitars, the drums, everything about it is just fucking perfect. Yep. Um track number 10, Oasis. Let's go. I love this song so much. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um
0: we're call it feels like we're calling out to Savannah like maybe we're on a boat like coming into the shore and we see Savannah in the distance and we're not exactly sure what we're calling out to yet. We don't know that Savannah is a place. It's Savannah, Georgia. And I can hear those plucky guitars from a mile away because Savannah is probably one of my top 100 songs of all time. So you hear that. And even if it's just like subtle and way in the back, I hear it and I'm like, yes, give me more. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's almost like you're thinking of Savannah and you, it's like you're twisting the radio and like, it's finally like coming into tune and it's like kind of crackly, and you just hear like Savannah. and it's like
1: yeah. I love that dude. It make it, it, it I fucking love it. I think your age is the bottom, bottom age that somebody will get that reference for. <laughs> <laughs> what is When when was the last time anybody used a radio tuner like in actual practical life? <laughs> it was probably. I, I've got one in my kitchen. Well, yeah, but you also made your entire house look like a speakeasy. So Yeah, that's true. You, you're, you're built a little bit different, Dills. <laughs> um, but no, I, I kind of feel the same way. Like Oasis is, is, when I first wrote my notes, I was like, hey, I don't have much to say. But then as I started talking about Savannah, I started, had a, I suddenly had a lot more to say about Oasis. It's um, It just sets up Oasis r- really fucking well. And... It got me ready for just a wildly different track that's coming up it's it's genius album construction really because oasis is kind of dark sounding to blend from sahara but somehow bleeds perfectly into like what ends up being like a heavy beach track almost um and i just i really loved it as i as like as i started listening to sahara on my note or savannah on my notes list and i'm like hold on let me let me let me say some more about oasis because it is it deserves a little bit more credit than i gave it in the notes that i wrote down uh but since we're talking about it let's just hop right into savannah it, it's um I, I just really am stunned by the back half of this album so far it just seems like they just they're like all right fuck it let's just get creative with it and just like really really crushed like the album construction the back half um yeah, and I don't really know how else to describe this sonically other than heavy beach. Because like, <laughs> it's not a beat, it's not your classic like beach sound, but it is a beach song. Like it sounds like it, but it's just really fucking dense. Like everything in this this, this song sounds dense, it feels heavy. And it's such a weird dichotomy because beach music is typically happy and light, but this is not. It, I mean, it's it might, I don't know, it's just... It's dense. It's the best way I can describe the sound. Um, this would almost always, almost certainly, be my favorite track if, if it weren't for Sahara, just because it's so different. It's like we've dealt with surf metal, <laughs> and now we're dealing with heavy beach. You know, maybe I should give beach music as a genre, yeah, uh, a different, you know, more respect as a being more uh, dynamic than I thought.
0: Look at you. Look i'm sorry I,
1: I i apologize jack johnson i uh i should, I should have given you more credit <laughs> that wouldn't be the first person i would think for you to apologize to but <laughs> <laughs> well you know when i think of like modern beach music it's fucking jack johnson yeah and banana pancakes so <laughs>
0: yeah savannah is the best song on the album and i think you talking about it being like vaguely sad but still beach have you ever seen the movie eternal sunshine of the spotless mind Oh yeah. So when he's like deleting all the memories and he's like trying to hide from the people deleting his memories, it all ends at the beach and like they're like trying to navigate uh the memories and try to like hold on to the memory for one more moment. That I honestly that's what this song makes me feel is like this is the last good memory I have of me and my significant other. It's us, you know, in Savannah, our back supported by a hammock. We sum up perfection like a handbook. And who would have thought the book that you bought never would come off the shelf, probably because it's still at his house. And it was the last they got home from that trip and then they broke up, you know, like a lot of it just kind of felt it's an uplifting song. And it's like trying to be positive and thinking about a memory. But once once you look back on those memories, they're still shrouded in pain, Um, but they're still fond memories. And it also kind of reminded me I just watched Hill House. Um, it reminds me of, like, how Hugh Crane talks about Olivia and Haunting of Hill House. Like, your mother was the untethered one, and I was the one that kept her grounded. You know, just being able to talk like that, even though they had, like, such a tragic ending. Um, I don't know. I thought uh, this song is, like, hauntingly beautiful, for lack yeah. of a better phrase. Um and it's, it almost felt like at times it was like, uh, damn, if we could go back to Savannah, like that was where things were perfect. You know, if we could go mm-hmm. back, if we went back to Savannah, we would get back to our old ways and things would work out. Um, and I, I like the, like, until then, like maybe we'll meet back at Savannah. Um, yeah. meet me at Montauk for eternal sunshine on the spotless mind. Sure. Yeah. Um, but when he says everything makes sense when you're with me, um, It's so fucking heartbreaking when we get into (laughs) Baby and he switches from everything makes sense when you're with me to everything made sense when you were with me. Yeah. Oh, because Baby is kind of hard to listen to if we're being honest. It's kind of. You think so? I think it's super distorted and it's almost like where it was a dream sequence and it's been kind of beautiful. This kind of felt like crashing almost like waves crashing and like eroding that memory um yeah it's it's like the memories becoming like warped and tainted and i always thought it was haunting and then we get that that line switch at the very end to
1: kind of make you think like damn damn i fucking i love baby Really? (laughs) yeah it's like the best continuous 46 second stretch on the album as far as i'm concerned um it's also a fourth interlude like is this a fucking hip-hop album like get, get out of here with this shit uh, is this new metal what are we doing here um I, I, yeah it's like i don't even care because i did i think it kicks ass i kind of like that moment of madness kind of crashing down feeling that this has and uh yeah no i i dug it as as much as i could dig a 46 second track i dug this track yeah so i don't have much more to say about it other than it i really liked it yeah <laughs> um again that kind of uh illuminates our difference in tastes quite a bit i think it's just that you find it hard to listen to i fucking love it yeah (laughs) so uh but yeah so that leads right into track 13 if you believed me and uh what a stretch of tracks we've just had uh so it feels it feels kind of nice to get back to the beginning of the album at least sonically um i finally got like the gritty mid-album turn and now it's time to kind of bring it all back together this kind of blends everything we've heard before and uh all the sounds we've heard up until now and i just really really like when there's a sense of cohesion within an album It you can feel the growth within an album and i think if you believed me does that perfectly like sonically um it's just it, it's lighter but yeah it still keeps that edge especially in the chorus where he's like where he's like if you believe or what do you know when he belts that out at the end of the chorus um yeah it's just coming from a month of one of the most creative genre switching bands in the middle of an album it's it's always nice to hear bands just kind of embrace that madness of growth within the context of an album even so I think, you know, I, I was it was just really nice to hear um them kind of blend everything they've done up to this point.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really cool song. It's it's a bargaining song. I don't know if the partner is convinced the the cheat the the singer had cheated or he just wants her to believe that things could get better. Like maybe they're meeting up for for lunch or getting a cup of coffee or something, but um I don't know. I there's something, like, there's almost a sense of urgency that, like, when you're bargaining or trying to, like, win someone back, you're like, if you believe me. And he's, like, pleading. I think it's really, really cool. Um, There's a line, I can still invade your thoughts when you're not with me. Don't mind me. I'm just a parasite on your mind. That's fucking cool. Can't yeah. relate, but I think it's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yeah, and I think this is a perfect last track before we get into the big two-song finale. That is, This Is The End, If You Want It. Um, Just because, like, it felt like he was laying everything out there. And then, um, This Is The End, which is track 14. um, It's just kind of, it almost feels like an argument. Like, maybe it's, maybe If You Believe Me and This Is The End is the same conversation but this is the end if you want it is how the conversation ends you know what i mean yeah um but yeah this is the end it gets an upbeat piano you know we're about to get to the penultimate finale it's fast paced and it almost feels like an argument it's emotionally charged and very very shakespearean i like the way um he says think real slow don't forget that yes is yes and no is no like whatever you say today is going to dictate forever you know um reminding yourself and your partner that it that this is really the end of it all and if that's what they want there's no turning back the last line is almost yelled and his voice is frayed which i thought was very very powerful
1: yeah no yeah this it, it this track is frenetic dude the drums don't fucking quit except for maybe 2 seconds in the very middle of the song it's just that constant pounding beat and to me it was that, that the beat in the bed of this track was like that pulsing vein in your forehead as you're having like this, this argument of like, or it's not even anger. It's just more frustration, I think. And it's like that pulsing vein as you're trying to like slowly kind of collect your thoughts to speak them. But that, that pulsing vein is just that constant reminder of how fucking frustrated you are with the whole situation. And until it finally bursts in each chorus, it's like he's, he's trying to be calm. And then he's like, fuck this. And he, in each chorus. And then just, I don't know, man. I just really, really dug this, these two tracks at the end. I just think it's such a brilliant, very ballsy way to end an album. Um, but I, I, the energy in the song was just really, really cool because I got that. Like I could see, I could see the thought process, if that makes sense. Like the thought process became visible like the whole like subconscious and conscious thoughts were like visible to me. And I could kind of, I don't know, it was just really, really cool listening to the song a couple of times and just getting that image in my head of hearing the inner monologue, but also thinking about what you're saying and then just become increasingly more frustrated with it. I don't know. It was just really, really fun to listen to this song Um, because what you get next kind of, is the dichotomy of it all? Yeah. Um, track number fifteen, if you want it, which is, this is the end. If you want it, is the the refrain of these two songs. Um, but this is basically this is the end. But he's like, calmed down. He's he's, re- res- re- he it's he's found resolution in what he's saying. He's he's gotten the frustration out, and now he's like, this is the end. If you want it you know it's that's what it feels like you know he just he got everything out that he wanted to say and it's just the dichotomy of having that final kind of argument it, it captures it perfectly and um this is the end is the guy being fucking done and if you want it is the same guy just more sad but still resigning himself to the fate of or the will of his partner you know what I mean it's like look I've said what I need to say this is the end if you want it to be um i'm just kind of staggered too by like i said the the fucking cojones it takes to do something like this to end an album um with two different versions of the same song essentially it's the it just makes the emotional impact if you're if you're really taking the time to listen to what's going on here um it just it's just really kind of a beautiful way to end a breakup album and it's not it's i've not heard anything like it before taking like a mega track and essentially doing a reprise of the same track again. It just ended with a different emotional weight. It's, I don't know. It's fucking genius, man. I, I really was really impressed with like the last eight songs on this album. It's just well done Reliant K. It's just a really fucking good album.
0: Yeah. It, this song felt like the last song when like you're arguing and then like halfway through the conversation, I think you realize like, hope is diminished. Like there's no saving this. And so like you get like a sense of peace where you've been holding on and like you've been going through all these emotions. And like, I think he says, uh, there's a line. If I was hasty, maybe I was rushed along. I won't move into little boxes and then not get the itch to move on. Like if this is it and this is really over. And I think at this point, maybe, maybe it's been over for six months, but like, this is really the end. Like there's no turning back um there's something like super powerful about just like being able to move on and just like kind of make it clean because so many so many people myself included just like hold on to things for so long that if you don't deal with it or find a way to like get closure then you're stuck with those like lingering feelings that i could I have saved this? Could I've? And I think this album deals with all those emotions, kind of as a grown up, and faces them head on, which is really cool. Um, you almost get the feeling that maybe he almost cheated, but got out because he says something about I I took the fire escape and made it out alive, or I looked the devil in her eyes, or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, maybe he technically didn't cheated. He didn't cheat, but he probably isn't like guilt free from what he was being accused of. And it's something he's been trying to reconcile with. And I think that's kind of the first time he really indicates that maybe, you know, like everything going on, like I didn't do, I'm not like the victim, but I'm also, I made it out alive. I still burn from time to time, which I thought was really cool was being like, now that it's all said and done, like this is what happened, you know? Um, I've been convincing myself that I'm worthwhile because I'm worth what I'll convince myself to be.
1: Yeah, that's great.
0: What and you know, I there's a lot of really good, like, reassuring lines in this album, but that was one when I was like 17, I was like I gotta be positive, man. I, I you know, your your mindset really dictates where your mind can go. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be what I can convince myself to be, which is a really cool sentiment, and I don't think Reliant K really gets enough credit for being like an optimistic band for people like me who grew up listening to them. And I started listening to them in like youth group. So it's kind of cool to have gone from like hearing them when I was 12, 13 years old to like needing them when I was 17 without knowing. Mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. uh, I'll end with the last line on the album. Nourish back to life by life alone with one shake of the main regain the throne. It's kind of like just feeling like you're getting your life back. And yeah. the only thing that's gonna fix that is just getting nourished back to life by life alone, and that's just such a perfect lyric to end. And you get like one little like boom with the piano to end, and it just ends such an emotional ride. Um, I and I know you went on an emotional ride even though you didn't get into the lyrics too much, but um, for someone like me who loved this album and it just like struck such a chord, I remember spreading the. Fucking gospel on this album i was burning it for everyone and uh it was pretty big in in my hometown for that reason it was like hey have you listened to this album from ryan k they're like ryan k the christian band I'm like yes yes step into my lair <laughs> um yeah that was that was one cool thing i felt like um kind of got lost in like the burning cd era was like, now I can just send you a Spotify link, you listen to it immediately, and then you tell me immediately. There was some, yeah, kind, right. of, some kind of rush sending a, someone home with a CD on like a Friday and then they come back on Monday. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, you still get that with me because I won't say anything about an album you share with me until like three days later.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true.
1: Well, it's typically because I don't listen to the album right away either. It's like I'm st- I was, I'm was still like in a mood that I'm listening to my own shit. So. <laughs> yeah uh
0: all right you want to do uh closing thoughts real quick
1: yeah sure do you want me to go or do you want to go you can go okay cool yeah no i uh i think it's pretty apparent to the, to this point that i was i was pretty shocked with this album when i got done with it um the first half was good but nothing in too special to me but the back half of the album is just it's brilliant in it's construction and i've said that a million times it's storytelling it's construction um and they both complement each other really well like the construction is a story in itself but it also um the storytelling kind of also like informs the the construction as well it's just really really well done um great production on this um whoever was responsible for ordering this this album did a great job um and it's just always really fun to see flashes of brilliance from a band i barely knew existed up until you know, this time last week. So it's just I don't know. I am pleased is the last thing I <laughs> I wrote. I'm I'm pleased by this album. So uh well done, Dil. You I you escaped um without me ripping shreds into one of your favorite albums of all time. I took the fire escape and made it out alive, I guess you would say <laughs> you sure <laughs> did.
0: Uh yeah. I hardly needed to dive into this album, but I think diving into it this week was a treat because I got to look at it from a different perspective. A lot of times, you know, your mind kind of wanders as you listen to it. So having to think about it critically and looking up the lyrics for the first time, probably since I was on songmeanings.net in the fall of 20, <laughs> 2009 Um in your
1: Netscape browser. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh I was on was it Firefox?
1: Yeah, Mozilla <laughs> Firefox, maybe.
0: Um yeah, the it's probably the first time I've really dug into the lyrics because I hear them and I'm like, damn, I'm the Cusack on the lawn of your heart. Like that still, I I still say that sometimes from time to time. I think I tweeted it from our Twitter account earlier today when I was listening. But yeah, this, this album is very important to me and I I purposefully waited a really long time to talk about it because I wanted to, I don't know, you don't want to waste good episodes early you know like we we are on episode 99 and it felt like it was a time we're gonna get a little sentimental and we had already talked about the bonfire playlist last week which was a little sentimental and as we're like walking into episode 100 I thought I would peel back the the curtain a little bit on myself
1: yeah I think we talked about that even when we were like at the initial stages of the show like there's a lot of albums I would love to talk about but I didn't want to blow my load too early on them so I think we're going to get into like a really cool stage in the next year or so where we're going to start finally hitting like our big heavy hitters. Um, I got, I got one, you know, one big one out of the way with the Guar deep dive. So I don't, we don't ever have to talk about Guar again, but um, yeah, I think it's, I think we're finally done enough, like weird shit. We can just start doing our stuff. You know what I mean? And I think that's cool. So I think we've, we've broken each other down enough to where, it won't be as scary to show like <laughs> the, yeah. stuff, the albums that really men- mean a lot to us.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't think we're as critical as we used to be. If I'm being honest, uh, like even listening back, like we, I feel like we hear a lot more and we can we can talk about it a lot more. But it felt like we were like going out of our way to like either love or hate something.
1: I think we're just more musically literate, is the way I would put it. It's just we're more literate in things we weren't necessarily used to listening to. Yeah um so you can you can kind of find nuggets that you like in everything uh, yeah. i've always been a big believer in that even like with a lot of the country that i hate i understand why people like it you know what i mean because i don't know if you're if you're able to make music that's a cool thing yeah and that should be respected just on that base level so um yeah it's just i think it's maturity and just being more musically literate
0: yeah except as, except satellite, as, satellite by dave matthews
1: you know, fuck, yeah, dude, Dave Matthews sucks. I'll, most most jam bands suck for the most part. And even though I love OAR, but uh, that's more just because I listen to them drunk in college all the mm-hmm. time. Uh, so um, that's a that's a different different fish for a different day. That's not a real saying, but I, you know, you got what I'm trying to yeah. say. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's it. Let's move into songs of the show. Let's do it. Uh, do we want to do audience submissions first? Yeah, I've got, I've got Mason's pulled up if you want to do that one first. Um. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's do. Okay. Um, I'm trying. To, I didn't. I gave all these songs one listen, so I'm not gonna have a whole lot to say about them. Uh, Mason's song
0: is "Tommy's Party" by Peach Pit. Uh, it's from their first album, I think, 2018. Um, he says nostalgic and plenty of heartbreak wrapped into the last song of P- Peach Pit's debut album. It's also the song that got me into the band. Um, yeah. Yeah. He kind of fits the theme of uh, the album we picked this week. So it was kind of cool to get a, another song kind of in the
1: same vein. Yeah. Just a nice, easy listener, um, which, you know, that's what Peach Pit's known for. And just for a little, little, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't know. Mason went and saw Peach Pit last night. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's where that pick came from. Yeah. More than likely. He
0: survived the hurricane and now he's able to listen to music again.
1: Yeah, lived through a hurricane. Was at Disney a day later. So, um, the dude, the dude's a dynamo. Can't uh-huh. stop. So, um, yeah. So next up, we have Ben's pick, um, which is first place by Moon Deity. Uh, ben and I have been on a huge funk kick. Like, it's 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 taken over our um release radar. I know you you probably aren't a huge fan of it, Dill, but it's just it's so fun for Ben and I to be on like what feels like the next big wave in electronic music. I feel like you're gonna start hearing a lot of this stuff kind of infect. It always happens in live sets first. Like people will try out kind of something that's I mean Funk's been around for a little bit, but it's I don't know. It feels like it feels like it's gaining some more steam and the artists that do it release tracks every fucking week so it's just it's everywhere at least for mine from my perspective um and moon Didi is one of the best uh but here here's ben's email uh gotta go fast uh moving at the speed of funk to get this email in uh moon Didi is moving up my charts quickly and this track f- first place is a good example of why hastily yours benji columbus ohio so um I, I love this track. I love Moon Deity. I told Ben it was my goal to get Moon Deity on his release radar every week. This is an absolute fucking rager in the car at night. Like, it, the bass thumps. It's just, I don't know, it's fun. I love funk. It's 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 music for drifters, so <laughs> you got to be driving at night to really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: this song, it's, it bangs. I'll give you that. I'll give you it.
1: Yeah. Yay. I don't <laughs> love it, go. but it bangs it bangs that's all you need it's, it's sometimes it's just that simple man uh-huh. sometimes it ain't that deep yeah that
0: that's a uh, that's a callback to very early episode
1: yeah yeah i remember fucking loving that quote when you said i don't even remember what the full quote was but it was it was it just like
0: fucking, sometimes you're sh- you're standing in the uh the shallow end of the pool because it's not that deep and yeah that's what it was like oh i love that
1: <laughs> yeah it's fucking great that's stuck with me dude i i use that shit all the time um <laughs> Yeah, just a, I don't know. I'm obsessed with funk, and so has Ben. So yeah. yeah. Um, I will do mine if you don't mind. Um, so my song of the show is "Father" by Sabaton, and TikTok is the strangest place on Earth because Sabaton has no business being popular on TikTok, but one person posts because it's it's power metal, so it's geeky and it's weird, um, but it's funny if used in the right context, like people had, cause it's, it, it's like March, it's like war marching music. Um, and so you put that over a video that it doesn't necessarily belong to, it becomes funny. And I don't know. I, I think people are st- like, that always starts out on TikTok, and it's like, Oh, this is, this song is funny. And then people are like, Oh, this song actually kind of bangs. And then people like get into the band. And like, that's how like I discovered Fong is cause like, I heard a Henson song and I was like, that's kind of cool. Then I started hearing it again. I was like, this song kind of kicks ass. Let me figure out what this is. And um, I feel like that's kind of happening to Sabaton a little bit. This song is super goofy. Um, It's just power metal. It's geeky. It's about some sort of historic thing. Who gives a shit? Um, It's just epic and cool. And it's everything I love about metal. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. Nerdy as hell.
1: Anytime uh, a chorus goes it's like like you you can like pound your fist on a table to it. It's like fuck yeah, let's go. Uh-huh. The metal metal's the best. It is.
0: It I I hardly ever want to drink Jameson, but yeah, when that song when a song like <laughs> that comes on and there's like pounding, you're like you know what? Dust off the Jameson, we're doing it.
1: Yeah, I want to drink fucking mead out of a horn out of the skull <laughs> of an animal. <laughs> <laughs> yes that's that's what Sabaton makes you want to do they're like this song sounds like uh if ramstein spoke english yeah like that's kind of yeah. it's kind of the feel to it it's just it's fucking cool
0: very cool um my song on the show is hair by the band regulate and mm-hmm. regulate is a hardcore band and they just put out a new album i am so stoked on it dude it is unlike any hardcore album I've ever heard. And it kind of feels like they're getting a little bit more rock. So there's hardcore songs and then there's rock. But even the hardcore is like super well constructed. It's 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 verging on like hardcore rock. I don't know. I, I can't really put my finger on it. But Hair by Regulate is such a different song from the album. The first time I heard it, I was like, I was floored. I was like, whoa, what? He's singing like he's not screaming. He's singing. And like such a cool song that almost sounds like um, Smooth Criminal. Uh, it's kind of got like a guitar riff that reminds me of as um, an alien ant farm. Yeah. Yeah. Their cover of Smooth Criminal. That's what it reminds me of. But um, yeah, there there's a three song stretch that starts with hair and then there's a an, an interlude and then they go into a song called "You and I." All three of them are—it's like three of my favorite songs of the year. So um, I can—I'm only going to do one song in the show, but if you're going to listen to Hair by Regulate, go listen to all three.
1: Oh yeah, no, you—you saying it was a hardcore band? Just like, oh no, was it? Is it? Are they? <laughs> yeah, because when I—you don't really hear it in the song. It's a dope song. Um, yeah, I, I liked it. In my initial list it's like I said, I only listened to it once, so I don't have a whole lot to say about it. But uh, I was surprised that i liked it as much as i did
0: yeah i think i sent the thing in the discord at like 2 a.m because i was listening to it in my in my room at work so yeah um Um, yeah that's it that's it it's a little bit longer (laughs) episode and that's definitely my fault so i apologize that's okay um yeah let's talk what we're doing next week 100th episode 100 mother flipping episode very exciting stuff
1: yeah so um i have no idea if it's going to be a short episode if it's going to be a long episode what's going on um but you and i like i've I've alluded to it a couple different times in the show already um you compiled a playlist of every album and ep we've done so far which i think you said was 50 which is pretty cool considering we split it almost exactly down the middle (laughs) very impressive between we did it completely on accident we didn't plan it that way um but we're just fucking good i guess like yeah. <laughs> we know how to perfectly balance the show um <laughs> uh we'll see if that remains for the uh 200th episode um but no i i think we were talking about it and you brought up the idea of let's pick our fa- five favorite songs that we've covered so far and i really liked that idea but then as i started listening to that playlist i was like i'm just gonna pick five of my own songs and that's no fun so um we're gonna pick our five favorite songs that the other per from another per from the other person's albums so i'm gonna pick five songs from albums dill has brought up he's gonna pick five songs from albums i've brought up i expect five thumpasaurus songs um out of dill don't hold your <laughs> breath <laughs> uh, i've actually had a lot of fun trying to figure out what you are gonna pick um I also want to give the added rule: like, if you were a guest on an episode, you're not allowed to pick a song from an album you were breaking down on that show. Um, so, Ben, that excludes you from Avicii, Daft Punk. Um, I think you were on some playlist episodes, so those are not going to be part of it. But it makes it a little bit more challenging for the the songs of the show submissions as well. So,
0: yeah, and, and we're going to do it in person, which is going which is always electric. I, I always have so yeah. much fun doing it in person. Uh, yeah. And we got some other special things that we have in the works. Uh, I know we've mentioned merch and we will tell you more about that next Monday. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, if you want to check out that, that playlist that Kevin was alluding to, if you have a favorite song or a favorite album you want to tell us about, uh, hit us up on Instagram at off the Our Twitter is at off um, We have a Gmail off the beatenclef at gmail.com, which we love getting emails. And uh, our discord is going to be in the show notes. Uh, and we are always looking for, for new guests and new people to come in and, and join the fun. Um, it's been a lot of fun being on Discord. And yeah, we've got a lot of fun stuff. And besides drafting, we've got some other fun stuff that we're going to be doing in next week's episode. So if what we said didn't sound that enticing, just come on in. It's 100th episode, and uh, it's almost going to be like a birthday party for us.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fun. I- I'm going to enjoy doing it. It's uh and by the way, if you even if you don't wanna fucking submit something, listen to that playlist anyway because it's fucking good. Like yeah. it's uh it's really good. It's we really have... diverse
0: for Yeah. Sometimes it yeah. didn't feel like we were being diverse, but listening through it, it was like, damn, we've really covered a lot of ground.
1: Yeah, we've done some, some off the wall shit for sure. So um but it it's all good. Like it it just feels good to listen to.
0: Yeah. And I think it's right around our two years as well. So uh it kind of yeah. works perfectly. So um yeah, be on the lookout for that next week. Uh we'll be posting a few things along with this album. Um, so check us out on the internet.
1: Yep. And we'll see you guys. <laughs> Sorry, <I> gotta... <laughs> we'll see you guys next week.
0: <laughs> Bye.